Good morning, good morning, everybody. Good morning and good to have you with us. We just, of course, everybody is smiling and happy and energized and looking forward to a fantastic morning online. It is going to be the first of a series of epic, epic adventures. This is the Speakers Inc. Global Speakers Showcase, and it starts right now. May the 25th. I've been saying this for a couple of days. I'm incredibly excited at the prospect of being part of something that is truly groundbreaking and is most certainly going to take the speakers business and so many of the speakers' businesses to a new area, I do believe, I really do. We are now at a situation where in the next 16 weeks, we are going to talk to 27 different speakers. We'll have them right here on this platform, in this format, and you have the wonderful opportunity of being able to interact with the speakers once they've done their talk for the morning as well. So to that end, before I introduce the first of our speakers, on behalf of Bronwyn and Duncan at Speakers Inc., welcome to what is going to be a fantastic half hour online. What we are going to ask you to do, the first thing is, and possibly the most important, we want you to be as interactive, as engaging, and as participative as you possibly can be. The whole reason behind being here is that we find out more about the speakers, yes, but also the speakers want to talk to you and interact with you in terms of your questions about maybe the presentation or some of the content on the presentation. It really depends entirely how each individual presentation goes. So you have the opportunity right now and in just about a minute or two, you will be listening to a young lady who has got a truly unique talk and very, very energized and very excited to be here with us as well. Make sure you can see the screen really well. Make sure the chat function is open. Make sure you have your makeup and your good hairdo on because we are also going to be asking as many of you as possible, please to put on your cameras. The whole idea is if we can see, there we go. Dr. Kyla, thank you so much for putting on your camera. That is what we like to see. Aaron. No pressure, but you next. If you'd like to put on yours as well, please. We are going to be encouraging you to put those cameras on to really just delve into this with us and forget that you're online entirely because that is what Tiffany is going to be doing as well. She's going to really take you to a different place. And I've now mentioned the name, which means I should do the following. I should introduce the very first of our speakers in this incredible series. Tiffany, before we even get into the introduction, thank you so much for being the first person online with us at the Speakers Inc. Show. Showcase. It really is a fantastic, fantastic opportunity for us as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the meat and potatoes of it, the business end of this. Tiffany's inspiring keynotes bring her one-of-a-kind messages to life with dynamic audience engagement, which is why I said please put on those cameras. Extraordinary visuals and the captivating story of her going from founding the Webby Awards as one of the few women in the internet world at the time to being a passionate leader in how taking breaks from technology regularly leads to more productivity, creativity, curiosity, teamwork, connection, and overall well-being. We were talking earlier, I am going to be listening keenly to that particular section because I need also to take some time off from all the technology in the world. She is currently helping companies and people around the globe flourish in the new hybrid world with her talk. The talk is called The Future of Work and Well-Being included on NPR's list of the best commencement speeches ever. Take that in for a second. Tiffany Schlein is an Emmy-nominated filmmaker, founder of the Webby Awards, and author of the national best-selling book 24-6. Tiffany has received over 80 awards and distinctions for her films and work, including selection by the Albert Einstein's Foundation as one of the 100 visionaries who carry on his legacy, and being listed 
as one of Newsweek's Women Shaping the 21st Century. She appears regularly in the New York Times and Washington Post, and her work has been referenced on Jeopardy, I love that show, and in New York Times crossword puzzles. Her films and her talks have been viewed over 50 million times. So this essentially is 50 million and one. Would you please help me to welcome, and thank you so much, <laughs> Tiffany. Welcome, Tiffany Schlein. Oh, that was such a beautiful welcome. I'm so happy to be here with all of you. Tell me where you're zooming in from. I am in California, but let me know, where, where are you on the planet Earth right now? The, the, the magnificent part of technology is we can be from anywhere being here. We've got Sawyer from Maine. I know we have some people from South Africa, I think, organizing this, but I would love to hear in the chat, and I do use the chat, so where are you zooming in from? Ooh, Memphis, Tennessee. Excellent. We got California, we got United States, Connecticut, all right, and South Africa in the house. Wonderful. So I am super excited to be kicking off the speaker showcase, and I am talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is making things happen. I love to inspire audiences to do more in their life and not only making things happen, but how to turn an idea into a reality, because it's a, it's a big thing to have an idea. And then how do you actually manifest that? So everyone has unique ideas to make happen in their life. And each of you zooming in has a completely different blueprint of life, of past experiences, of DNA, and different things to bring to this world. So I'm going to share with you my unique perspective and some of the projects that I've made happen. So I'm a person with a lot of ideas. That's the greatest thing about being a filmmaker and a writer is when you have an idea, you can go deep on a subject. So I've made about 30 films and they always start with a kernel of an idea that I want to turn into a reality. So whether it's a series, a film, a book or a talk, what I found over my 30 year career is they do follow the same process. So before I talk about how to turn ideas into reality, I'm gonna give you a quick taste of my filmmaking style from a series I made called The Future Starts Here. So I gotta tell you this story. I'm Tiffany Schlein. I'm a mother, filmmaker. I founded the Webby Awards. And this series is about how the future doesn't start somewhere far off in the distance. The future starts here. Well, what do you know? Recently, I was talking to somebody with Google Glass, and it's like, I'm tired of that person, and it's like, are you looking at me? Because I can't tell, and I'm not okay with that. So why do we keep creating technologies that make us uncomfortable? I mean, we receive all this information through books, TV, media, social media, peers, families, and we have to be able to take it all in and then turn it off. I mean, every generation is faced with a completely new set of circumstances and they have to figure out, how are we gonna deal with this? What I've been really fascinated with recently is what happens to the brain when we're daydreaming. We're all always at the edge of all human knowledge. And we have to keep pushing that needle forward towards a world where we remember to maintain authentic connections with each other, where we let our minds wander, where we accept each other's individuality and uniqueness. The future starts right here with all of us. So that gives you a flavor of the kind of films that I make. And we're going to talk about making things happen. And I've broken this really down into five steps. And the first step is really how do you create space to have new ideas? 
We are inundated in modern society with podcasts, with news, with feeds, with email, with text. How do you even create space to have those ideas? This is uh, an animation I made trying to articulate the way I feel when I'm trying to have a thought in a normal workday. I can barely get a thought out without like 50 million things coming at my brain. So one of the biggest things I will tell you is you have to create the right environment to have new ideas. Now for me, for 13 years of my life, my family and I turn off all screens one day a week. And it's been this incredibly profound experience. I ended up writing a book where I go into the neuroscience and the researches, like why does turning off screens one day a week make me feel more creative and productive and happier and connected? So I go deep into that. And one of the big things, like we're talking about creativity and productivity here, that I learned in all of my research around this is that when you turn off the input from the 24-7 world, your brain is able to go into this really incredible mode that the neuroscientists call the default mode network. And what it allows is you've received so much information all the time. It allows you to process and make new connections with what's already in your brain instead of letting new information in. And that's where creativity comes from is really letting new connections happen. So now I, I look at creativity like an athlete and I like to think, when am I most creative? Is it when I'm in the shower? Is it when I'm doing the dishes? Is it when I'm going to, for walks? And when I feel most creative, I like to build more of that into my life. So for me personally, I feel most creative when I'm unplugging and when I'm taking a shower. So I would love to hear from you in the chat. When do you feel like your best ideas happen? Is it when you first wake up? Sometimes is it in your dreams on a run, on a run? Got lots of, I just started running. I'm trying to really get into it. Okay. I want to have great ideas when I run. And the key is not to listen to a podcast, but to just let your brain do its thing. Does anyone feel creative when they're doing the dishes? I used to always listen to the news when I did the dishes. And once I realized I actually have good thoughts, I, I just do the dishes and I get really good fragrance suds. And I, I try to get into doing the dishes. So I think being attuned to yourself when you feel creative and how do you make space for that? Odd times, anywhere, I love that. Right in the middle of events like this one. Oh, that makes me very happy. Um, but for me, the time I feel most creative is when I'm unplugging one day a week. So I'm a big journal writer and I can basically see that when I have my most creative ideas, ideas that I wanna take the initiative on are usually on Saturdays when all of my screens are off. So I definitely protect that day without screens. So you have a great idea. Somebody in the shower, yeah, shower is another good one. Um, so you wanna take an idea and turn it into reality, you have to take the initiative. So taking the initiative, you have so many ideas, but the one that you pluck out and you said, I'm gonna do this idea. And that is like, you are finding a jewel in all the, the 30,000 thoughts that you have a day. So the first idea really starts with a hunch and you need to act on that hunch and say, there's something here. Like when I first saw the web, when I was in my early twenties, I was like, that's going to change the world. And I founded the Webby Awards, which took a long process, but it was really acting on a hunch that I saw something valuable that was going to change the world. So in whenever I want to take initiative on, a, on an idea, I start to talk to everybody about that idea. I talk to them at dinner parties. I talk on walks. I usually integrate it into my talks. If I have some new idea I'm percolating, I'm like workshopping it everywhere. I'm seeing reactions. I'm seeing what people are saying. I'm getting advice, but I'm really sharing it with everyone in my life. 
And then I'm in this phase that I like to think of as the sponge phase. I am just like going to anything. I'm reading everything about that. I'm going to art shows. I'm watching movies and documentaries on the subject. I'm reading books. I'm just like sponging in everything on that particular subject. Now, here's a really key part. I mentioned I'm a journal writer. I think it is very important at the beginning of a project when you want to take initiative, write down the idea. Literally have a get a special journal just for that idea. Write down the idea. What are your goals? What are your hopes? What are some of the obstacles you're worried about? What's the audience? Write it down. This is going to be key later in the process. So after you write down, I believe when you have talked about your idea, you've written it down, it reminds me of this incredible quote by Goethe. The moment of commitment, the entire universe conspires to assist you. So you have launched it into the world just by saying that you're going to do it and writing it down. So the next step, you have an amazing idea, you're committed to it, and now you want to build a team. Now, we make a lot of films about neuroscience and social science. One of the most fascinating areas is really breaking down the qualities that each person has. So this is called the science of character. We've made movies about it. And it's really important to think like, I'm incredibly enthusiastic, uh, but I might want somebody that has a lot of prudence on my team. Or think of the qualities that you don't have that you want to make sure you surround yourself with, because that's the thing. We're all unique individuals with unique strengths, unique weaknesses. So how do you build a team that kind of brings together the key strengths that you want? Now, after you've gathered your team, these are the people basically you're going to jump out of the plane with on a project. So they better be a team that you feel good about. And then you have to usually fundraise for a project or raise money in some capacity. And my approach to fundraising on anything, a film, a book, the Webby Awards, a project, is I'm about to go on this exciting plane ride and you want to come along with me because this plane is taking off whether you come on or not. And that usually builds a lot of, it's not like you're coming from scarcity, but you are coming from abundance and you want to let people on this ride with you. Now, something I do for every project is create an advisory board. Now, these could just be people. These are friends in your life. Every project usually has a unique advisory board. And I usually say, I would like to invite you to, your, to my advisory board. Everyone loves being on an advisory board. And, you know, it's nice to invite people over for, uh, for cheese and wine and talk about the project, but people do love helping other people and like being in a group. So creating a dream team around you in addition to your team that you might work with, it could even be your partners on your advisory board, but something about saying, I want you to be on the advisory board for this project makes it very official and continues to propel the project forward. And it's all really about bringing different perspectives together. And I think that's so important as you want as many different perspectives on your particular idea as possible. Now, the next part of the project, the phase of making an idea reality is to create. I love this phase. I love it when like you're building the path. I love that the word filmmaker has the word maker in it because you're making something. And also, I'm very into documenting the process. I've done a monthly newsletter for 25 years. Every month, I am sharing with my community, where am I in the project? Because inevitably, after I send a newsletter every month, somebody writes to me wanting to help that project in some way. I mean, I think, you know, it's really interesting because even sharing what your struggles might be, everybody has an email list and everyone can start a newsletter. I'm a big fan of built, making sure your community knows what you're working on. They want to help you. They love you. They want to cheer you on. And it's wonderful to document the process and make them feel like they're a part of it. Because when that project launches into the world, they are part of your team. 
So along the way, you're going to run into a lot of obstacles, but you're going to have a lot of little wins. And it's really important to celebrate the little wins. And you can often forget to celebrate the little wins when you're working on a big project. So like even taking a moment, like, let's celebrate this little win. Your team will really appreciate it. You will appreciate it. And it will help give you stamina along the way. Now, every project, no matter an 80-minute movie, a two-minute movie, a book that takes three years, that takes one year, you always want to go through a period that I call the heart of darkness, confusion, darkness. You don't have clarity. You're like, what am I doing now? Here's the key thing. Every project goes through this phase, at least for me. But it's usually in these periods of the darkness that I come out with such clarity around what I need to do. But the key thing you need to do in order to get that clarity is step away from the project. Now, I feel like my weekly unplugs, I'm stepping away from everything one day a week. But now I build this into really big projects. It's a period of getting away from the project. It's super important to schedule that into your production schedule. Then I go back to my advisors. I get fresh eyes on it. And it seems to help me break through this period that I always experience. Now, whenever you're asking for feedback from people, there's something at our studio that we call the love sandwich. Here's the thing. When you ask for feedback from people, you have to frame it in the right way. Frame it in love. Usually to tell people, what do you love about the film? Well, for, for me, it's a film. What do you love about the film? Now, we're all vulnerable and you have to couch it in love. So we have a lot of work in progress screenings. The problem is if you ask for someone for critique, they're going to go right into the negative. But you have to remember to ask for the love sandwich, which is what do you love about this project? What's not working for you? And then end it again with, and what did you love about it? It's called the love sandwich and it works really well on any project because we're very sensitive humans when we're working on something and we need to be supported with love. Now, at the last stretch of a project, I revisit those notes. So remember when I told you at the beginning of the project, what's well, my original vision? What were my original goals? I always revisit those notes because sometimes you veer really far away from what your original intention is. So I go back to that first page of that special journal just for that project and I think, what was my original goal here? Did I step away from that? And it usually gives me this clarity to get to the next stage. Now, finally, know when you're done. Stage 10. I love this part. I've worked for this part. We all deserve this part. Know when you're done. Now, this is my team. We work on film. And when you finally get into a big stuff, You can really apply these stages to anything in the world. I mean... So that was the stage of us finally getting into the festival. And, you know, knowing when you're done with a project, have the big celebration. Marcate it. Sometimes you've worked so hard on something, especially during the pandemic. I had so many friends that launched books and they had to have a Zoom launch. And I still tell them, still have that gathering with all your supporters in person if you can. It is really important to gather the people that love you around the launch to have them celebrate with you that you just launched this project. They're gonna be there to help you get it through. So if you need to do it online, but if you can do it on person, celebrate the launch, bring your community along. And then I always create highlights of a project after I've done it. So I told you I have this monthly newsletter. I will then create a narrative of the project and the highlights because whatever you tell back into the world, that's what they're going to remember. So the reason why it's important to document the process at the very end of your launch, here's, the, here's what we did, here's the team, here was the launch, and it gives you are creating a narrative back to the world. 
Because remember that you are the only one that has this unique combination of experiences to bring an idea to the world that is unique to you. We are a combination of the people around us, of all the books we read, the films that moved us, the dreams we dream, the people we love, the people we miss, and the people we admire. All of those things together make you, you, a unique fingerprint that can contribute to the world in your own distinctive way. So these are the unique ingredients that help you create a unique project out into the world. I cannot wait to see what you make happen. My favorite quote is by Goethe, whatever you do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Thank you. So ladies and gentlemen, what we are going to do right now is give Tiffany one of these because she most certainly does deserve it. Let's have a big round of applause online and otherwise for the wonderful <laughs> Tiffany Slane.